Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the 16th episode in the co-pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, especially while facing the common challenges and roadblocks we all sort of come across on our journey to living better and weight loss. I'm really excited for today's guest. One is my husband, Scott, and it's his first time on the podcast. And the other is Carly, who has been on with us before, and it was so much fun. And we're going to kind of muse a little bit about the idea of want versus need and changing your mind, just putting your mind in the right way, getting in the mindset for success to really make the changes and weight loss and the whole plant-based journey a little bit easier because sometimes our mind is what's getting in our way. And sort of to kick it off, I thought I would give you a background of where this podcast, this particular episode is coming from. And it was a text between Carly and I in which she said that she never realized that words could be so powerful until she had a conversation with Scott about the want versus the need and how her dad would say things like he needs milk, um, but he doesn't actually need milk, but those are the words he's saying. But maybe I'll just quickly, Carly, Scott, you wanna say hi? Hello. Hello. (laughs) And Carly, maybe you can tell us more about our conversation and the want versus the need and thinking about your dad. Oh, my dad is very, a very, he's an omnivore, like very (laughs) hardcore. I mean, he'll eat whatever I make him and he loves plant-based food. And he's even declared himself a vegan after eating just one day of all plant-based foods. (laughs) But um, he always has to have a glass of milk. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning or at night. He always, that's just become part of his routine. And when I was talking to him about um, going plant-based, or if he would even consider it, he said, I just, I just need milk. I need to have that glass of milk every day. And I was telling this to Scott, and that's when he said, he just needs to be honest with himself. He doesn't need it. He wants it. Yeah. And then it kind of like made me start thinking differently about what I like think that I I need but it's like more of a want so it's completely changed my eating habits as well absolutely and one thing I like that you said is that it was part of your dad's routine and I think that's a key word too is routine is that we get into these routines we develop these habits and we accept them as mandatory or necessary but really it's just routine it's part of your dad's routine to drink milk it's not that he actually needs it it's just this deep-seated habit and I went that I went through that with my parents both when they went plant-based and then after when they weren't plant-based anymore um, my dad kept telling me that he needed to have orange juice that the day didn't feel right he couldn't start the day right if he didn't have orange juice and what it was is for 60 some years my father started his day every day of his life with a glass of orange juice but when his triglycerides were really high we knew we needed to get get rid of the juice and my dad came and told me that not having juice that first morning was harder than when he gave up a burger and he was a big meat guy and I think that really speaks volumes to how profoundly routines affect our life yeah I so it's funny because the language we use is very self-defeating often and it's it's sometimes it's really born out of habit it's born out of like um, and also the, the way we speak in general is is we learn and we hear these things from other people. So I don't know who's responsible for saying that I'm you know I need milk every day, I need orange juice every day, or where that habit came from. But that's a huge part of why you say need instead of I want, um, because uh, I think it's really like 
they people everybody knows they need to eat and they need calories every day. It's just that they uh, have they have these habits of where they get these calories, um, and and there's also addiction, obviously, to some of these things too that that, that plays a, a part of that. Um, I need this, you know. I remember I was working with um, a male member that was really struggling with a number of food addictions, but one of the things was is he kept saying to me repeatedly that he just needed to have jelly beans. Like if he didn't eat candy, he didn't feel well, and he would describe these experiences in which sometimes he would feel shaky or he'd feel weak or tired or his, his head would hurt. He would have any of these number of different symptoms and then he would go eat Skittles or M&Ms or jelly beans or some other kind of candy and say, look, I feel better. So maybe I'm diabetic or I'm hypoglycemic. But what it was is he was just so so addicted to sugar that he was going through withdrawal and of course as soon as he had the sugar the withdrawal symptoms were over and it, it was very much like in any other addiction like a person who is a smoker or even a drinker you know they're really in a bad place just wanting that and as soon as they have a cigarette they feel better but it wasn't because they needed that cigarette well, the, i mean they've, they've actually done research on this and in um you actually so when you eat something like sugar uh, especially sugar, you get dopamine releases, and dopamine right. are like it's like the happy, it's like the natural happy drug that your body produces. And the interesting thing is they've actually done research and they find that the anticipation of say sugar or cake or candy or whatever, you actually already start to get that dopamine mm -hmm. release, and so you're already starting to get the benefits before you even have it. And so like the standing in line to buy it or something like that, you're already getting those benefits. So. Oh, absolutely. And when we were doing the sugar series and we were kind of educating people on how sugar, you know, hijacks your brain, there's even some studies now that say even looking at it, even seeing the candy or a commercial for the candy um, will start triggering the dopamine response, which makes you just want it even more. But yeah, he just, his words were, I need sugar, Lindsay. I, I can't not have it. I need these jelly beans. And I was like, you want them. <laughs> it, was, yeah, yeah. it was really fun. But there's even things in my life that aren't unhealthy. I, for a long time, I thought that I needed canned beans. And the truth was, is I didn't need canned beans. They were just more convenient for me. Um, I could buy the dry ones and cook them. But it was like Carly said, I just re started realizing these words coming out of my mouth weren't necessarily true. You might need beans for a recipe, mm -hmm. but literally you could live your whole life without ever eating beans. So you don't necessarily need beans. It's I want beans for this recipe. I, you know, I want the convenience of it being in a can. You know, that's really the language. It's yeah, and I've definitely had times where I've caught myself saying, "Oh my god, I need a brownie," but I. Clearly, I will continue to go on living yeah. <laughs> if I, I mean, don't have. So one thing I've noticed a lot when we're in the forums with the members and we're reading a lot of sort of the, the even their own words, what they're saying to each other in the forums. And um, I love the forums, so, you know, definitely check those out and get involved and make some friends. But um, we definitely see things where people are like, um, I need this. And really, it's just they want it or um, actually, Carly, you, you're in the forums a whole bunch. Maybe you can give us some good examples. Recently, I saw a member in the forums say that they like to treat themselves every week. They go out to lunch or dinner with a friend or family, and it was their time to pick a place to go. So they've been doing really well with, you know, using the meal plans, mm -hmm. and they've been keeping on track, but they thought that they would go someplace where they would have to order meat. And they said that word, and have they, to? They would have to. And I think that it's kind of in the same vein as need, mm -hmm. but 
you don't have to order meat. Like, if you think about it, there are a lot of ways to t- take meals that have meat. I, I'm known for ordering chicken sandwiches without the chicken, <laughs> but, you know, they don't really skip a beat and they go, okay, so you just want lettuce on, on bread with mm-hmm. like vegetables. Like, yes, that is exactly what I would like. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember when I was growing up as a child, as a vegetarian, my friends always wanted to go to McDonald's. And so I would frequently order either the burger or the cheeseburger without the burger. And they were like, so you just want the bun and the <laughs> stuff on it? And I was like, yep, thank you. I mean, obviously this was not an ideal situation. I was a kid, but um, no, it is, it's true. And I saw that too. Well, I went to this place and I had to um, eat this cheese or I had to do this. And, and if you wanted to eat the cheese, you know, own up to it. But you didn't have to. There, it, except for going into a cheese shop in which they only eat cheese and you have, still have the option to walk out and not buy anything. There's really never a situation where you have to do it. Um, no, I mean, you never it might be to, easier, you might want it, and it, it can sometimes you, you, be better you, just to be honest with yourself. You never have to anyways because nobody is going to die from not eating a meal or even for a day or that's a couple of days. Import- that's I mean, very you, true, you know, important. It, there, we can live a long, long time without eating, and missing a meal, is you're, you're going to survive, and eventually the hunger, if you're hungry, that hunger will go away. You can satiate it with liquids like water or like, you know, unsweetened tea or, you know, there's a lot of different ways to handle that kind of stuff. That's very true. And that's definitely something that I've come to realize is I was always obsessed, like, oh, I have to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I, um, I would freak out if I didn't have a meal, but there have been so many times where I've had to skip it because I'm flying for 16 hours and there's nothing on the airplane or whatever. It's you, you go on. And like you said, that hunger, it goes away in like 20 or 30 minutes. Not ideal to go hungry all the time, but if you have to, you have to. I I find that I I personally think that the social situations, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. If I, if I have to like show up and like not eat and sit in front of people, it doesn't actually bother me. Oftentimes it bothers the other people, but like, I don't have any problems just like, oh, I'm not going to eat. Okay. Well, that's whatever. I mean, I'm just kind of used to, uh, dealing with situations with food related to food, especially where like, it's just not something I have to, like, I'm, I'm, I know that I'm not going to eat certain things so I can. I can show up and not eat, and I think it's hard oftentimes for people to to do that, and I just think you just have to be figure out how to be comfortable with yourself not eating. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal that you're not eating, it, you know. You and can always say, yeah. you can always say, I already ate, or, you know, I've got something, I don't know. You already ate all, yeah. There's a lot of ways to deal with that, you know. I like that you said it bothers other people more than it bothers you, because that's, I find that true a hundred times over, and one of my proudest, most proud moments with my parents after they went plant-based is they went to a family kind of like barbecue get together and there was not anything to eat because the only thing that they were doing was they were grilling hot dogs and grilling hamburgers and there weren't any vegetables or fruits or whatever and everyone was really obsessing about the fact that my parents couldn't eat like they were really making a big deal out of it and my parents were like we don't care we're fine it's really it's fine it's fine it's fine and finally my mom she was like listen I didn't come here for the food I came here for the socialization to be with my family to spend this time together to make memories and see my nieces and nephews and grandkids and all that it wasn't about the burgers I never came here ever yeah. in the history even when I was a meat eater for the burgers and I was so proud of her I mean if if, if you're if you don't drink alcohol people don't feel this incessant need to give you alcohol so it's it's what it's we, a weird social thing why people are so obsessed with trying to you know have you eat what they're eating or whatever so because you've rocked the boat they don't, and they don't extent, like it. They're right. trying to like conform, force you back into conf- 
conforming or I, mean, I forget what they say in the pleasure trap, but it's really beautiful. Well, I think the white lie of uh, I'm doing this for religious reasons or for health reasons or an allergy. I think that's a, I love that. Oh, I, love I, I mean, I just go ahead and, you know, put that little white lie out there. I mean, it, like, I, I don't, if that makes it easier for you to deal with other people, then do it. I mean, I, I don't, I, I have no problem with that. And the allergy, it's interesting you pick that up because Carly actually does have an allergy. She actually can't bend because of her allergy. And you didn't you just have to go to like a sorority reunion or some kind of function and there was like hash browns or something? Yeah, there was a, it was like a back to school event. And so I went as like an alum. And so it was a big barbecue. So it was still kind of summer and they had you know, hot dogs and they had, they did have veggie burgers to their credit, but there was eggs in it and then they had cheese and everything. So they're like, what are you going to eat? I'm like, I have a bun here and I checked the ingredients because they brought it out to me. And then there was lettuce and tomato and mustard. And I was quite happy with just that. And it was totally fine because I really wasn't there for the food. Mm -hmm. I was there for the organization. Right. I think that's really important and keeping that in mind because Scott and I go to weddings all the time and people really fuss about us. We're like, we came to be in the presence of love and watch one of our friends marry the love of their life. Really, we're, we're totally cool that we're not eating rubber chicken right now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not a big deal. So one of the reasons I wanted to have Scott on the podcast today is because he does a lot of um, reading on brain research and um, it's one of his things. He's really into neuroscience and sort of the powers of the mind, and he recently turned me on to a book which I think is called Mindset. Yeah, it's by and, uh, Carol Dweck. Yeah, and it's it's an amazing book. I, I loved it. I've now made everyone I know read it. Um, but it, one of the key things in the book, and there's so much in the book, we could have 20 podcasts about the content of the book, but one of them is about having this fixed or not fixed mindset, and it really changed how I navigated um, not just with my diet, but just in in life, and so so it's really the, it's the fixed versus the growth mindset. That's what it is: fixed versus um, growth mindset. Because uh, yeah, so the and so let me, I'm just gonna read, uh, and I'll actually provide a link to this kind of like quick summary by a, a guy I really like. His name is Derek Sivers, but uh, uh, he kind of tries to put down like about a page worth of that kind of explains the core of this book. Uh, so people with a fixed mindset believe that you are either good at something or you're not good at it based on your inherent nature because of who you are. Um, so it's like, I'm big boned. I'm, I'm, I have everybody in my family is big, you know, it's, you know, we're, we just put on weight really easily. That's kind of like a fixed mindset approach to it. Um, people with a growth mindset believe that anyone can be good at anything because your abilities are entirely due to your actions. And so people with a growth mindset, maybe, you know, they realize that the consequences of, of how they look are because of what they eat and how active they are and their habits and their social, you know, their behavior and social situations. And so it's, it's, it's mindset and also how your mindset affects the actions that you take. Um, so so they, he's got a number of great examples in here and he says, you know, like uh, in a fine, fixed mindset, you hide your flaws so you're not judged or labeled a failure. Uh, in a growth mindset, your flaws are just to do are just a to do list of things to improve. And so, people with growth mindsets, they don't see limitations. They don't they don't say thing they don't say self defeating things like uh, I have to have this. You know, I'm a 
you know, I'm, I can't not have chocolate. I can't, mm-hmm. um, not eat meat, you know, whatever I'm around. Every Thanksgiving I have to have turkey or whatever, uh, because that's a, it, that's definitely a fixed mindset. It, it, because w- w- why is it that you have to have turkey at Thanksgiving? It's because of habit. You know, if you, if you, uh, if, if you, instead of being born in the United States, were born in Afghanistan, you've probably never had Thanksgiving you know, at all. <laughs> yeah, you never had Thanksgiving. You've probably never had turkey. You, know, you, you grew up on a completely different diet. You know, uh, you know, it's just a totally different world. And so th- there's a perspective shift that you kind of need to realize that you are a accumulation of your habits and your environments and not, and, and you can completely change that and you can be whoever you want. And so don't make everything about like, well, this is the tradition and this is how it has to be. And, and you know, cause you can always develop new traditions and new habits and uh, new things that you really, really love. And that was a really thing that was interesting for Scott and I when we lived in the Caribbean and it was a, a European island. Um, it was French and Dutch, but we were there and we were there for a year and we were there for the American Thanksgiving. And it was so interesting to us because I mean, it was just another day in the Caribbean and we were we went to work and it was just a normal Thursday. And then I came home and there was all of these pictures and things on Facebook of all of our families being together for Thanksgiving. And it was such a shock to me to realize that that was just this habit that I'd had all of my life. And it wasn't, I missed it and I was fine, but it was a very, remarkable experience for me or even when we were in Asia last year and I realized that Christmas like things just weren't decorated because they're mostly Buddhist so they don't celebrate Christmas and it was really shocking but at the same time it made me realize there are all these things that I do out of habits or routine or because I want to do them and that they're not required yeah yeah definitely in the mindset book there is this really great example of the fixed first growth mindset. And basically the scenario is this person gets a paper back from a teacher and they got a C and then they go to their car to go home and there's a ticket on the car. And so they call their best friend to tell their best friend about what's happened. And the best friend's like, oh, I can't talk right now, I gotta go. And the person in a fixed mindset is like, I'm stupid and I I can't, bad luck. I have bad luck, the world's out to get me, my best friend doesn't love me, and the person with the growth mindset would say, oh, I got a C, so I need to study more, I need to try harder, I need to ask about extra credit, um, okay, I have to remember not to park on this street on Tuesdays because there's no parking, it's street cleaning, and my friend was short with me, maybe she's having a bad day and I should follow up and see how she's feeling better. And that was really, Um, to see that parallel, to see that example of sort of how the two different mindsets work was a big change for me. And I realized that I say self-limiting things all the time and I'm, I'm not serving myself. And one story I really like to give is that I spent my whole life believing I was not athletic. I just wasn't good at sports. And if my parents, my teachers, they would tell me I was smart, I was creative, I was a good writer, I was any number of things, a natural leader, but I was not good at sports. And when I met my husband, who's always been you know, very athletic, very involved in sports, um, he refused to believe it. And my parents were like, oh no, she's not coordinated. No, don't you take her skiing. Oh my God, so bad, it's so bad. And he just refused to believe it. And then I tried and I had convinced him I was just as bad as everyone had told him. I was horrible. I screamed and swore up and down about how awful it was and 
But then after a few days of our vacation, I started feeling really left out. Scott was going out and having so much fun on the mountain, and I was stuck inside because I wasn't athletic. And I decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do this. It's not going to defeat me. And I've since gone on to become a really good snowboarder. And I realized that as long as I was telling myself something, it was going to be true. So don't be that person telling yourself you can't do something or it's not possible. Because as long as you say it, that is true and it doesn't have to be. And um, I don't know, Carly, do you have any kind of experiences like that? (laughs) Putting you on the hot seat? I know Scott does, but we'll try you first. Maybe mine's more like weight loss, kind of, Mm -hmm. because... um, well, you grew up chubby, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I had a beautiful soul for, for a lot of my life, and people have said that when they've seen pictures of, like, from high school. I was shocked. I admit it. I was, when you told me and you brought the pictures in, I don't think I even made a noise for the first few minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I kind of, I lost weight, like, you know, senior year of high school doing whatever, low-carb diet, which is like, mm-hmm okay like now what what I know now I know it's not the best right but then I went to college and did that whole college thing where you you know gain weight and then after you get out of college and you realize oh real life real life I have to you know you know get a job and then you know you have to eat healthy and you can't do what you did like in college college, like every day so (laughs) so you know like I I thought for a very long time like didn't matter if like I exercise and I'm not a very big exerciser but I would like Mm -hmm go and like force myself to like go to Pilates and go to whatever the bar class and like I really didn't see that many changes you know in like my size and I was like okay well I guess this is just how this it's, is it this yeah. is how it's going to be and you know I'm never going to get back to like what I was like in high school and I didn't think that that was possible but you know as soon as like I went I first went vegan and I didn't really see anything besides like, oh yeah, I'm not breaking out anymore from like eating dairy. Yay. Found, found the problem. And, but as soon as like I went plant-based, I saw that my body actually, you know, did want to be something other than what it had been for like, you know, almost a decade. So knowing like, oh, okay, it's not, you know, me. Right. Yeah. You weren't <laughs> well, it stuck. Is, you thought it you is, stuck. but it, you know, it isn't like, you know, there is other possibilities out there and like it totally like made me change my mind and you know my mom kind of like she has the same like thing she's like and I told her like well you could start eating better and you don't have to be like this because she's always you know complaining about her weight but she always wants that shortcut and it's like well Mm -hmm. you, you need to give it more time and that's one thing I hear a lot is people say oh my family's this or my family's that and And what I think a lot of people fail to receive is that families pass on more than genes. They pass on habits, particularly bad habits and habits around food. And for a long time, my family, um, I mean, I was very overweight and then I wasn't anymore. And my family didn't really believe that it could be true for them because I'm adopted. And so we don't have the same genes. We don't have the same genetic makeup. So it was very easy for them to point and say, oh, well, Lindsay's so thin because she's different. you know, it's, she's not, you know, we're, we're just bigger boned. We're a bigger family. We all put weight on really easy. It's really hard for us to lose weight. And it was very easy for them to just regard that my dietary change was why I lost weight because it was easy to just point out my genes. But my mother is their blood. My father and my mother are their relatives and they share the same DNA and they lost 40 pounds each when they went plant-based. And so they no longer could say that because they're my parents. They did it too. And they aren't some adopted <laughs> different gene person. But what my mom realized is that 
her whole life, the reason that her whole family, you know, had the same health issues um, wasn't because it was necessary, necessarily hereditary in, in terms of genes, but it was hereditary in terms of culture and practices. People put on weight as they get older and everybody else puts on weight as they get older. And it so it becomes this like social contract that we're all getting way heavier together. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't matter and you know, that kind of stuff. It's just kind of silly in a lot of ways. Well, that's been interesting for Carly, too, because when, as you said, when you were younger, you were sort of, you know, chubby and your friends were really thin. And now you're starting to see it switch a little bit. Oh, yeah, totally. They're they're enjoying life because, you know, they say, well, life's too short. You know, it's like true, but I can also enjoy pretty much the same thing, but healthier. So I don't know if we can share, but maybe you can say about working for Happy Herbivore and how you lost weight. Oh, okay. Like, what was it, two pant sizes or something? Two, two pant sizes and going. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just since you came to work for Abby Herbivore. Yeah. Because it, it really helped you see, because you were already at a, you know, a good weight and stuff. But in the first, the first time it happened, you had not been actively trying or doing anything different no, really, it, that you noticed. It wasn't like... It was, it was pretty much just cutting oil. Yeah. Like, exactly. And not going out to eat and grabbing something to eat like across whatever the street because it was whatever. convenient or whatever yeah i mean you bet your behavior changed and maybe the influence of being around Lindsay and learning more and stuff like that so since since working for happy herbivore <laughs> it's almost been two years and actually i've noticed a lot of weight loss since i've started and it's been completely like you know from cutting oil um and then you know with the meal plans and everything, I'm learning, you know, the right, what is the right portion size and like mm-hmm. what, you know, I can eat and what I should eat. Um, but I've also picked up new habits from Lindsay <laughs> with, um, you know, going out to eat and, you know, instead of being like, oh, they don't have anything for me. It's like, okay, well, let's make this work. So I was at Disneyland for my cousin's seventh birthday and we went to one of the restaurants there. And it was more geared toward kids, so Mm -hmm. they had, you know, the pizza and cheeseburgers and chicken chicken nuggets, nuggets, you know. So I was like, okay, let me see what they had. And they had a salad bar. I was like, great, they do cater to adults. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a plate of um, salad and I, with all the toppings and everything, but I didn't see, they didn't have a dressing. So I'm like, okay. So I could, you know, do this without. And then I was like, they have green Tabasco. Oh, I was like, stuff. I was like, this is perfect. And so then I just like start piling on the green Tabasco on my salad. My mom looks at me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's dressing. She's like, it's hot sauce. She's like, no. And I was like, but Lindsay does it all the time. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And I, she I just, think your parents must think I'm so odd. She just turned around and they started talking to somebody else. I was like... Mm, salad <laughs> yeah no that definitely happens I mean to me too because I'll people in the podcast I'll hear them say they did something I'm like oh that's a really good tip that's really I need to do that I actually was um, a member that taught me about putting like if you only have a little bit of soup and it's not enough for a serving to like put it over some greens or a potato to make a meal if you just don't have enough for a bowl and now we do that a lot so it's fun how we learn from each other for sure 
Well, I guess to sort of bring us all back, it's really start thinking about the power of the words and the words you say. And are you saying self-fulfilling things or are you saying self-deprecating things? And um, I find even writing, like not just the words that come out of my mouth, but the things that I write um, really can sometimes not be a positive for me. And a lot of times it's amazing. You don't even realize that you're putting yourself down or you're doubting yourself or you're limiting yourself, but um, it's something to definitely pay more attention to. And we've all, it's really sh shifted all of our perspectives about um, thinking about possibilities and not thinking that the world's just limiting or not vegan or not friendly. But there, there's like, I love that saying, if there's a will, there's a way. And sometimes it's just a little perseverance and positivity that really, and um, you know, go in with a good mindset. That's something I try to say a lot on the podcast is that there are so many studies that say if you go in thinking that something's going to be delicious or you're going to have a good time or it's going to work out for you, it will almost always. Yeah, you're like planning to have a good experience. Yeah, you're planning like, for success. I'm yeah. going to be happy. This is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy my meal. And, mm -hmm. it, and it comes true because you're like already excited for it. But if you're like, damn, I don't want to eat just lettuce. I'm not going to like this. This is unfair. And, and raw vegetables. It's not going to be anything for me to eat. Yeah. I'm going to starve. Because yeah, every meal doesn't need to be a feast. It yeah. doesn't need to be Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the conference... Biological we, need. I mean, this, this conference oh, that we just yeah. came from, I mean, it was literally like lettuce and fruit. And then the second day they had rolls. And so I, oh, could, yeah. so I could eat some bread with the lettuce and the fruit. But yeah. I didn't care because I was so engaged in the conversations I was having and I was so excited to be there that literally I would have eaten whatever was available. I, you know, I actually hang out with a friend of mine every week and we talk about business and different stuff. And uh, Lindsay gets on me because sometimes maybe we don't make the best choices on the food that we're eating when we're out. But I've, I've basically said to her and him, I would literally, if my directive was to eat nothing but rice cakes and drink water, I would do it because I enjoy Seeing the time so and, and the conversation so much that I don't, I really, the food just doesn't matter. It's, it just is timed with whatever I would normally eat, right? And so I have to eat something because, you know, I'm usually hungry at that time. But uh, that's a whole other discussion on, you know, like when we actually need to eat, right? Right. And we're actually going to have a, a podcast about eating out and traveling and all that coming up soon too. So that'll be a lot of fun. Cool. But, um, yeah, well, so this was a lot of fun. Ah, well, thanks for coming on. And um, maybe we'll have Scott on again sometime. Carly's always a favorite. Last time was on dating. This time okay. it's on uh, apparently putting hot sauce on salad. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. For more information about the meal plans and the program and all membership and all that good stuff, visit GetMealPlans.com. I'm Lindsay S. Nixon, the host of Meal Mentor Podcast. Bye. Bye.